mean, 941 days away uh, for an NBA player or any athlete is huge, particularly when they're coming off two extremity injuries. So first of all, him even making back on the court, you know, like we always, everyone expected, but it's a huge step. I mean, I, I think a lot of people, this could have been career ending. So number one, him getting back on the court, phenomenal. I'd like to welcome Dr. Nirav Pandya to the podcast. He is an associate professor of UCSF orthopedic surgery and is the director of sports medicine at Benioff Children's Hospital. Additionally, he is an injury insider for 95.7 The Game and has appeared on a number of the radio network's popular shows. Welcome to the pod and thanks so much for joining us. Um, We'll just get started with a little bit about your background. So I guess what drew you to sports medicine and what's one of the most rewarding aspects of working in that field? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the podcast. I tremendously uh, appreciate the invite. You know, growing up, you know, I'm originally from Chicago and I kind of grew up in a, in a great era of sports in Chicago. Um, you know, when I was younger, the Bears won the Super Bowl and I kind of grew up in that, that Chicago Bulls run, you know, when they had their six championships. So sports were a big part for me growing up. I also ran track, uh, played basketball, and then I actually ran track in college and coached for a little bit. So sports were a big part of my uh, my background. And I love science as well, too. So the combination of kind of being a sports fan, um, having an interest in science, you know, kind of medicine was the natural calling um, and doing sports medicine. And I really like using my hands. So I you know, went through medical school, decided I want to be an orthopedic surgeon and, and sports medicine, particularly working with kids. Um, kind of became my, my career path. Um, and it's been great. You know, I get to basically, you know, deal with patients and families every day who are interested in sports, want to get back on the field and love talking sports. So I think it's, um, um, it's a great career. Um, I enjoy it and I really do love going to work every single day. And that's, that's the thing I always tell people, like it's, you know, you choose a job, you want to wake up in the morning and make sure that you're happy to go there and you really enjoy it. And that's absolutely what I have. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, thank you again, Dr. Pandya, for, for coming on the podcast. have some more sports-centered questions now. First one is about longevity in sports. Tom Brady you know, recently retired at the age of 44, but I feel like a lot of us sports fans feel like he could have played longer, just given how dominant he was this season, potentially almost winning an MVP, right? So he was very public about his TB12 method. And you know maybe that was just marketing, but objectively speaking, he put a lot of effort into being physically ready every single season and put a lot of emphasis onto his physical well-being. So I'm wondering, from a basketball perspective, is that even possible in the modern NBA for someone like, let's say, LeBron James to condition their body for the wear and tear of the season to play until 44, 45? Or is it just like, you know, maybe it's just basketball's too heavy of a sport in terms of the physical wear and tear on your body that... You know, that's only possible in few positions in a few sports. Yeah, no, I, I think a lot of it has to do particularly, I think it's it's harder in basketball just by the nature of, you know, it's much more explosive um, and there's a lot more physical wear and tear. You know, for Brady, you know, as long as he's not getting hit, um, you know, there's it's basically he's a drop back quarterback um, and, you know, there's not as much wear and tear on his body except for the physical force and the way he's kind of developed his game. Um, is to do a quick release, avoid that that motion. So, you know, if he only gets hit a handful of times during the season, um, he can have that longevity. Um, and then he works on maintaining his performance so he's effective, whether that be his arm strength, his flexibility, his you know, core strengthening, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I think it's just harder in the NBA. You, you can't avoid contact. You can't avoid cutting. You can't avoid exploding. Um, so I think that, you know, if there is a player who is potentially set up for that, um, it's going to be someone whose game is more predicated on, you know, three-point shooting, um, you know, kind of like I, I always use the Kyle Korver example, someone who just comes in and shoots threes um, and can potentially extend their career out five to six years. Uh, but even then, you know, we know that reaction time, all these other things go down over time. And, you know, if you have a young 20 to 25 year old who can do the same thing as someone who's a lot older, 
um, and they can also be explosive and drive to the rim, I think it's it's a lot harder, you know, for an NBA player. So I do think the limits being pushed in terms of how physical um, and how explosive bigger players are in the NBA. Um, but I think longevity, um, I still think we're going to kind of see that kind of decline after the age 35, uh, with the exception that some people may be able to hold on to certain skills um, that make them effective. Yeah, and you mentioned bigger players having a little more difficulty with that longevity and, you know, staying healthy on the court. And, you know, as a Warriors fan myself, I've had a lot of James Wiseman updates in the last <laughs> God knows how many ever yeah. months this past year. Right. Um, I know for us fans, we always see like, oh, Wiseman's like rehabbing. He's going to return to practice soon. He's returning to contact sports soon. What's one of the most challenging things when you're a big guy and... You know, they say like the best form of ability on the court is availability. And yeah. with Wiseman, what's one of the more frustrating things you've noticed observing as a, you know, a medical professional regarding his injury? Yeah, you know, I think that the tough thing with with any time an athlete, particularly young athlete, gets a meniscus tear is that, you know, for a lot of different injuries, you know, we know our time frames. It's like your ACL is going to be healed at this time. A bone's broken. It's going to be healed at this time. But the difficult thing with meniscus tears, particularly when you repair them, is a lot of when you come back is how the knee responds. And it's so variable from person to person. You know, we know that meniscus essentially healed at a certain time point, but then, you know, there's a couple of months or in Wiseman's case, several months that can go by where everything, you know, potentially went perfectly with the surgery, but the knee's just irritated. Um, and if the knee's irritated, you can't perform. So I think a lot of fans as well are very frustrated. They're like, you know, X player came back in this time, or when I had my meniscus surgery, I came back, but you know, everyone's knee is different. And I think where big men come into play is that if you look at, you know, big men in the nineties, the Elijah Wands, the Ewings, even Shaq, I mean, yes, they were explosive, but they, they weren't forcing their bodies to do what big men are forced to do today. You expect these seven footers to be, you know, dunking, to be cutting, to do agility, to have an ISO game, to shoot three pointers. There's so much more strain on the knee itself. Um, so I think that's the biggest problem with a player like James Wiseman, who's basically developed like a guard. He's physically athletic like a guard, but our menisci haven't developed, our ACLs haven't developed to the way that you know someone who's that big can necessarily you know manage that load. So you see someone like Zion or like Wiseman have these injuries, and a lot of it's the fact that you get these seven footers who are greatly skilled. But, you know, the bodies are going to take some wear and tear on it. So I think for a lot of fans where the kind of the frustration comes in, they see this great big man. He's tremendously skilled. He gets an injury. He's not coming back. But just under, you know, understanding that there's so much more strain on that surgically part, part for someone like him. And then it's not also the fact that he hasn't played a lot of NBA basketball as well, too, or even college basketball. So, you know, right. he's got all these various things working on him. Hasn't played much in the NBA it's coming back from an injury that can be very variable in terms of how you, uh, you know, how you recover from it. And not to mention that everyone need, thinks the Warriors need a big man. Now he's going to come back into that pressure cooker as well, too. So, um, you know, it's all these various things that are going to make it, um, you know, setting up a difficult environment for Wiseman to succeed in. But with the veterans around him and hopefully physically, which is the one thing he can't control, um, he's doing well that you know, it'll set him up for success. But it's very different from the big men of, you know, the 80s and 90s, where it was just like, turn your back to the basket you know, dribble, dribble, back down, shot. Um, now they're expecting these players to do everything. Yeah, we're going to have Looney playing 82 games at this rate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Iron Man, which is funny. You speak of injuries. I mean, Looney's career was defined early on with, you know, hip injury, hip injury, labor, you know, core muscle surgery. So, um, you know, it's pretty, pretty remarkable. You know, and this can be kind of a, a great story for Wiseman as someone who was thought to be injured all the time, big man. And now he's like the Iron Man of the team. So it is, it is crazy how things can change very quickly. Yeah. So, we talk about warriors that have come back from injury. Clay 
come back this season. And some games he looks like he looks like old clay, you know, dropping twenty points, shooting three really well. Some games it doesn't really seem like he's fully adjusted. So, you know, from your, you know, fan perspective and again from that medical perspective, how do you think he's holding up given the fact that he had two pretty serious injuries? And also given both of those injuries, how does Clay himself make sure that he doesn't get injured again or doesn't re injure those specific parts of his body? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I think if people, you know, don't, I think they hear Clay's coming back, he's coming back. I mean, 941 days away uh, for an NBA player, or any athlete is huge, particularly when they're coming off two extremity injuries. So, first of all, him even making back on the court, you know, like we always, everyone expected it, but it's a huge step. I mean, I, I think a lot of people, this could have been career ending. So, number one, him getting back on the court, phenomenal. Number two, in terms of his performance, I mean, I think physically he looks great. He's running, he's cutting, he's doing all those things. You don't really see compensation. And in fact, he's dribbling more, he's driving more. So he, he looks like a different athlete, basically stressing the parts of his body that may not have done three, four years ago. So I think the physical components are there. He's healed from his injury. I mean, the timing, that's the thing that's going to take the longest time to get back is, you know, he hasn't played in so long. So they're going to be good nights. They're going to be bad nights. And I think that rhythm is going to, you know, kind of come, come over time and getting used to the team around him. And also just, I think the fatigue as well, too. Uh, I think that's not talked about as enough. I know they're restricting his minutes and, and doing all those various things and that can help prevent injury. Um, but it's just the flow of the season. And I think his body he's going to have more ups and downs, you know, as before it was kind of more kind of level in terms of his performance. So um, I think that's where he is right now is phenomenal. I think he's performing much better than anyone would have expected, you know, in terms of preventing injury. Um, I think the minutes restrictions are going to help. Um, I think the uh, avoiding back-to-back games. But I think most importantly is him just respecting the soreness. You know, like NBA players in the past and Clay before these injuries was an Ironman. You know, like he, play, mm-hmm. he played a whole bunch. Um, and, you know, kind of like you played through this injury, that injury. I think now you just don't have that degree of buffer anymore. Um, so you need to make sure that, you know, that calf sore, you know, I think he had a little bit of a knee tweak, you know, a couple couple weeks ago. Um, it's just taking the time, being extra cautious with that stuff so you don't develop the, the Kevin Durant. You know, he looked great coming back, but then he missed two months with a hamstring injury, you know, last year, you know, when he had that Achilles issue. So yeah. um, I think it's just a matter of, you know, respecting that soreness and not overdoing it. And then he'll be ready for the playoffs. Yeah. So I have a question about kind of the heterogeneity of these sports mm-hmm. injuries. So mm-hmm. like, for example, we just saw Cam Akers come back from an Achilles really, really quickly. And yeah. I would argue that the, like his position, the running back position is one of the toughest positions across mm-hmm. all sports, right? It's just yeah. constant grueling physical nature. Mm-hmm. And yeah. On the other hand, you have guys like KD, Clay, you know, rightfully so, taking their time coming back from mm-hmm. these injuries, making sure not to re-aggravate it again. Um, right. Why is it the case that some players can just come back much quicker, like in a seven, eight-month time frame, whereas yeah. other people are taking a little over a year to fully rehab it? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. You know, every every Achilles tear, and I'll use Achilles as an example, it could be a little bit different, you know, kind of where the tear is, how bad the tissue is torn. Um, so I think that's number one. Uh, number two, some surgeons use different techniques. Um, you know, so uh, I think the surgeon who did acre surgery was talking about how he, you know, sews things together a little bit quickly, has a different rehab protocol. Um, so that can vary from athlete to athlete. Uh, I think the other thing that gets forgotten about is basically, you know, how quickly or how aggressively you start the rehab. So one of the things they talked about with acres that he was, you know, he got injured, got the surgery very quickly and was very aggressive with his rehab. So, you know, that can definitely be variable, but then I think that the type of sport you're playing, um, really makes a difference. I think with, acres, you know, it's very grueling. There's a lot of sprinting and running, but there's not as much vertical component to the game. You're not doing as much jumping. So I think that's the difference between an NBA player uh, and an NFL player, you know, so on average, and and also with clay in particular, you know, with both injuries, you know, they gave him a little bit extra time, but you know, it's interesting in the NFL, it really is kind of like you either play or they're going to find your replacement sort of league. 
Um, so for a lot of players, you know, they're forced to come back a little bit earlier, not, you know, not because they're defying orders or someone's telling them, but they're feeling like, look, maybe I'll come back at six to seven months because if I don't, then, you know, someone's going to take my slot next season, as opposed to the NBA where, you know, there's a less, you know, less pool of players. You can't replace a Clay Thompson with someone else. Um, so I definitely think in the NFL there, you know, like acres was able to come back this season and probably earned himself another contract, you know, uh, because of it. So. I think there are various factors, but I think the most important thing is that I think every tear is different. You know, we say every, you know, you tore your ACL, it's going to be exactly the same. I think what goes on, how bad it's torn, how it's fixed can vary a lot. But I do agree. Acres did definitely come on the earlier side uh, for this, but still within what we would consider, quote unquote, normal, you know, for an Achilles just at the earlier, earlier end. Yeah. So I've, I have a bit of a fun question for you. Sure, so absolutely. <laughs> the other day, Russell Westbrook came out and said that. Oh, yeah. You heard about that? Yeah, I did, so yeah. He came out and said the reason he injured his back was because he isn't used to sitting down for long periods of time, especially towards the end of the game. Yeah. Is that like a real thing? Because I saw it and I thought there was a very big dig at just like the NBA and maybe the Lakers, like maybe Frank Vogel. But like legitimately, I feel like, you know, like I've been, I started golfing recently and <laughs> Uh, you know, when you're just like going in the rhythm of things, it's really nice. But when you get stopped and you have to, con- you know, come back again, you kind of get cold, right? So is that a real thing with someone? Westbrook's a really explosive player. You know, he that's part of his game. Is, is that a real thing or is he just saying that for the media, you know? <laughs> no, no. I, I think there's a little bit of truth in both things. I mean, part of it was a little bit of a dig at uh, Vogel. But, um, you know, I think in, in general, I, I think we look in terms of rhythm. So I think if professional athletes, particularly at the year, you know, how long Russell's been playing the league, they're used to a rhythm. They're used to playing. They're used to getting up. So there's something to be said about the fact that if you're out of your rhythm, you know, things can kind of get out of whack with how controlled professional athletes are. So I agree. It could like potentially he be experiencing more pain or decreased performance because that rhythm has changed. Absolutely. It's totally, you know, totally understandable. Just the timing of that definitely yeah. does make it's a little bit suspect, but you know, in and of itself in isolation, like if, this was Westbrook playing with OKC and like he ended up sitting for three games back in that part of his career. And he said, everything's off. I'd be like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. You know um, you know, maybe they just need to get him a standing desk on the sideline. But you know, like I think, uh, <laughs> I think, I think there's some truth to it, but just the timing seemed a little suspect. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I might steal that as a tweet. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Unless you should tweet that Go first. I think, I think it's great. But, so uh, just a, a last question for you. So a lot of our audience are, are people that, you know, are in college or around that age. And they also love sports like me and Aditya do. But I think one aspect of you when I was a kid, if I was deciding to go into medicine, I was like, I need to go into sports medicine. It's the only way to make this bearable for me. <laughs> so anyone that's around that age, even a bit younger that wants to get in there, you know, how, how do you do it? How do you position yourself to get into sports medicine? Because I know it is difficult. I know that there aren't really a lot of jobs out there necessarily. Right. So how do you position yourself to get into that area? Because as you said, a lot of people want to love what they do every single day. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a great question. You know, I think number one, when you're younger, you know, even college, you know, high school, get experience in the various parts of sports medicine. So that could be, you know, looking at athletic trainers, physician assistants, you know, physical therapists, just get a sense of like what every aspect of sports medicine is. Um, And then I think with anything else, I mean, it's really, it's a grind, you know, like you got to work those long hours. Sometimes it's going to be stuff where you're like, look, I'm taking up my weekends to do things. And I think, you know, if you really love it, it's not going to feel like a grind. Um, but you know, just like with anything else, I think if, you know, just because you want to go into it and you have all the kind of the pieces in place, um, like you said, you get to that point and there aren't many jobs and it's the people kind of go above and beyond. So, um, I think it's about loving what you do, um, you know, getting experienced in all those different areas and understanding how sports medicine is really a team framework. 
um, understanding all the various components of it. Cause I see too many physicians are like, I want to be the sports medicine physician, but they don't understand all the other components that go into it. So it's on being a, being a team player. Um, and knowing your, knowing your, knowing your medicine, you know, I think that's the key thing. So, uh, you know, the, the, I always say the, the, vet, the physicians have to know the knowledge and then have to apply it to people. Um, so I think you have to have that knowledge base, but yeah, start young, get involved, you know, learn about the careers, find mentors. I think mentors are really key. Um, have people who kind of help you and open those doors for you. And some of it is luck too, you know, um, some of it is luck as well too. But I think if you, if you love it, the jobs are going to come, um, you're going to get to where you need to be. And, and I love it. It's a great profession. So I encourage everyone to do it. Awesome. Hey, well, thank you so much for your time. Like this was really good talk. Like we haven't really had a medical professional <laughs> on our show before. So this is really good to get a bunch of different perspectives on injuries, you know, coming back to play after an injury. And we really appreciate your time. Like it means a ton. Oh yeah, absolutely. Anytime. I love, uh, love listening to you guys. It's great. Thanks. Yeah, of course. All right. Thanks guys. Thanks.